0: Anna Stewart is the mother of three and a family advocate who works in the public school system of Colorado. This year, Anna's son received his GED and she considered the life skills he's already mastered and then thought about the ones he's still working on. The big aha moment? Realizing that everything else in life builds upon the ability for kids to be able to do five important things. On today's podcast, life lessons for kids, five skills every child and teen needs to learn. You're listening to the Empowering Parents podcast. Empowering Parents is a community dedicated to child behavior help and problem-solving techniques for parents. Hi, everyone. This is Anna Flemke from EmpoweringParents.com. Article author Anna Stewart believes that when you come right down to it, these five main skills provide the foundation to be an engaged, compassionate, and well-rounded adult. Number one, how to think for yourself. Number two, how to take responsibility for your actions and choices. Number three, how to solve problems and deal with obstacles. Number four, how to negotiate conflict. And number five, how to make a contribution. Number one, how to think for yourself. Anna Stewart's son has ADHD. When he was younger, he clashed with pretty much every adult he interacted with at home, at school, and in the community. He had a short fuse and would lash out at anyone he thought was judging him. He was well-known, but not well-liked. As many of you know all too well, this meant that school principals spent a lot of time with him, and as he got older, it also meant school detentions and suspensions, along with a subsequent home grounding and consequences. Anna's son scoffed at all authority and seemed destined for a life of trouble. Now, at nearly 20 years of age, Anna says her son knows who he is, including his positive and not-so-positive qualities. He's learned not only to accept who he is, but to truly value his own mind, spirit, and heart. So, how does your child learn to think like himself, like Anna's son did? For your child to learn to think for himself, it requires the following. Gentle reflection from parents and teachers about what they see as your child's skills and abilities safe opportunities to explore interests without interference, noticing and praising the emerging self-awareness, acceptance, and self-confidence in your child or teen. If children do not learn to think for themselves and the adults in their lives do it for them, as teens they're much more likely to follow peers into choices that can have devastating results. If you give your six-year-old a choice of what shirt to wear, you have to graciously allow him to wear it. If you give a choice and then judge or change the choice, you undermine their decision and then teach them that they can't think for themselves. Number two, how to take responsibility for your actions and choices. It's easy to see that if you give your six-year-old freedom to wear what they want, and then they choose a sundress on a snow day, they also have to learn to accept the consequences of that choice. All you have to do is ask them, after they warmed up with some hot cocoa, what they thought of their clothing choice. Remember, not to tell them what to think, but to ask what they think. They might decide that the consequence of being cold was acceptable to them. The trick is that they have to live with their choice, as long as it's a safe one. If not, as a parent, you need to step in. They can't complain or get special treatment, like a ride to school. If your child is making the choice, he or she has to also accept the consequences. For your child to learn how to take responsibility for their actions and choices, it requires the following. Being given opportunities to experience low-risk consequences when young. Parents asking what their child thinks about what happened instead of jumping in with the right way to have done it. This is called learning from our mistakes. Looking for opportunities when watching a movie together, for instance, to discuss how people do and do not take responsibility for their actions and choices. Be sure to share how you learn this skill in your life. If children do not have the opportunity to be responsible for their choices, how will they learn to be responsible when their choices affect others? If they hit a car in the parking lot right after they have their driver's license, will they stop and leave a note on the car or just drive off because they don't know what to do? If they leave their coat at the football game, will they tell you, insist on you buying them a new coat, or expect to help pay for a new one? Number three, how to problem solve. When you know how to think for yourself and to take responsibility for your actions, then you're well on your way to learning how to problem solve. In her article, Anna explains that her daughter has a significant learning disability that often shows up as rigid thinking. She gets a picture in her head of how something is going to happen and then gets stuck when things change. When she's stuck and crying, yelling and slamming doors, she just can't see a solution to her problem. Anna's approach to guiding her to be more flexible is to talk to her before the problem actually arises. Whenever possible, Anna and her daughter discuss her choices. It's also a good idea to set up little scenarios so your child can practice. After Anna's teen daughter learned to place her own order at a food court counter, for example, Anna praised each step she took to effectively solve her problem. Whenever she anticipates a problem, she reminds her daughter of the skills she practiced. Learning how to effectively problem-solve includes this. Learning how to pause, get centered, and relax so that you can look at options. Considering more than one solution before taking action. Nurturing creative thinking by playing games where there is no correct answer. If children are not given low-risk opportunities to solve their own problems, then they'll miss an important skill that every adult needs, especially when the risks get much higher. Practice problem-solving for scenarios big and small, Every middle school student needs to have options ready to go for when their best friend invites them over to drink beer when their parents are gone. And kids who struggle with getting homework done can learn how to find a solution that works for them, such as dancing for one song every 20 minutes, or emailing their book report to their teacher so that they don't have to remember to turn it in the next day. Number four, how to negotiate conflict. Anna's son, like many children, would get angry to avoid conflict, so Anna would focus on the angry behavior instead of the issue he was avoiding. He wasn't learning how to work through conflict. He was learning how to deflect it onto others. Anna reacted with anger when her son started yelling, which didn't help. So, at a certain point, she knew she had to be the first to stop, take some deep breaths, consider the situation, and be honest about her own feelings. Many adults have not learned this skill. For proof, watch any reality show. And we don't always know how to accurately name our feelings, much less allow them to just be part of our experience. So learning how to negotiate conflict requires the following. Developing the capacity to stay calm and become aware of our emotions when in conflict. Learning to recognize, accept, and appropriately process our emotions practice our problem-solving skills to apply in these emotionally-charged situations. If children do not learn how to handle conflict in a safe, clear, and honest way, they're at risk for creating dangerous and or unhealthy situations. And it might not seem as important when your 10-year-old son gets into a fight with his friend on the soccer field, but what about when he's 17 and wants his girlfriend to do more than kiss and she doesn't want to? If they can both negotiate that conflict, then they're likely to make the right decisions for themselves. And they may not be the decisions that we like, but remember, we want them to think for themselves. Number five, how to make a contribution. Think of the happiest people you know. I bet that a key to that happiness is that they have a way to make a contribution. A young child can give part of their allowance to protect the ocean. A tween might volunteer at the local humane society or a food bank. A teenager might work for the summer with an at-risk youth, and that child or teen might become a veterinarian or therapist because they experience the joy of making a meaningful contribution. Learning to make a contribution includes this, cultivating compassion and empathy for other people and for the planet. Developing a willingness to take action and step in to help, support, guide, and protect others. Understanding your own strengths, styles, and skills so that you can follow your own passion out into the world. If children do not learn to make a contribution, then they're at a great risk for a life of loneliness and isolation. Every person, no matter what their struggles are, deserves and needs to share their gifts, talents, skills, spirit, and heart with the world. No matter how hard it is to parent a child with behavior issues, give them a chance to contribute. It can change the world. You just heard the article, Life Lessons for Kids, Five Skills Every Child and Teen Needs to Learn by Anna Stewart. For more life lessons for your child and for yourself, make sure to visit us at empoweringparents.com. Take care, everyone, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.